0: Welcome to the Office 365 Developer Show. I'm your host, Jeremy Thake. The only show focused on Office 365 development where I talk to the experts from all over the globe coding on the Office 365 platform. For more information on Office 365 development, please visit dev.office.com and follow us on the hashtag Office365Dev. So as we usually do on this podcast, just start off with a few of the weekly updates of what's been going on around the Office 365 development community. The first one here is from Andre Large. Uh, Sorry if I've pronounced your name wrong. Please correct me in our Yammer group if um, I made a horrible mess of it. Um, He's based in Switzerland, and he's been doing some really cool stuff uh, on his blog. And specifically this week, he did one on SharePoint Hosted Apps about how to manage your date-time control picker and formatting with the correct language and culture. And he walks through step-by-step how he's used that date control, where he's grabbed it from... Um, in a default.aspx pages and then what explaining in, in a lot of detail how he's got the LCIDs and the language or lang IDs and overriding them with the regional that, that he needs and then how he's picking those values out. So uh, lots of screenshots in there. So it's a really good example of a solid blog post to kind of check out there. So uh, thank you again for that work. And um, again, it just shows like the value of having some really kind of strong community people out there, especially from a SharePoint MVP perspective, so thank you Andre for that. The uh, second one here is by Dan Saden, and he's wrote up about working with the app installed and app uninstalling events in SharePoint apps. This has kind of triggered a conversation on Yammer actually, where I wasn't aware of Dan's blog, but someone had shared it in the developer links group within the Office 365 community site on Yammer, and um, I added some of the engineers like Mauricio that worked ...on the app installed and app uninstalled events... ...or well, they own all up really that lifecycle story... ...around app apps inside SharePoint and Office 365 in general. And so he's talked about how those app install, uninstalling events work... ...and how they're triggered. And Mauricio actually made some comments on the Yammer group as well around that. So it's definitely worth checking that out... ...if you're doing anything around triggering rem- remote events... ...around kind of the life cycle of an app... ...whether it's being installed or uninstalled. And then lastly, um, we actually had Schumann on the show... Last week, um, and uh, this, this this show, we're talking to Shacks, but Schumann had actually put together some stuff around how to change the lock state via the client-side object model in SharePoint um, uh, by showing the PowerShell approach, but then also then just quickly showing how you can change that in the CSOM approach. This was actually triggered again by another Yammer conversation where uh, a developer in, in New Jersey was actually asking um, how you can do that via CSOM. So... Very cool uh, that, you know, Schumann's kind of jumping on them and helping people out by blogging about these things as well. So, um, again, it's great to see the community both internally within Microsoft's field and also externally working together to, to help each other. So, big, big thank you there. And um, just one other note, we had a lot of, of feedback on Yam uh, on all over the place, really, on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn or well, where do we give feedback if we're not developers so there's the user voice site right now but if there's like new features that you want to suggest or um, if there's just comments you want to make I'd really highly encourage you guys to go to the office 365 network and you can get to the network from dev.office.com just in the middle of the page, just click on the office 365 network or directly by going slash it pro network um, and then if you go to the top left there's a group's button in, a big, in big font and if you go to view more groups it will suggest some for you but in the view more groups you can actually go to one called feature requests and if you join that group you'll actually be able to talk to uh, technical product managers around features you'd like to see in Office 365 as a service um, but if you want to give feedback on other things like there's groups for all sorts of different parts of Office 365 that you can kind of go in and jump in on which um, if you go to the all groups tab inside the groups page um, what you'll see there is uh, a list of uh, like different bits and pieces. So, for instance, there's groups for the IT Pro. There's groups specifically around the Office apps, um, things like IT Exchange IT Pros and Link IT Pros and Delve and um, the video portal and stuff. And so if you have specific questions around those particular topics, just go and check out whether a group already exists and, and ask them there. And actually, we have a bunch of groups, the Office O365 Dev groups. There's one where we share a bunch of links called the O365 Dev Link Sharing, and O365 Dev Tools is where we talk about Visual Studio, and O365 Dev APIs is where we talk about the APIs, and O365 Dev Apps model is where we talk about the app model. And we've got about 1500 people in some of those groups, so there's a lot of conversation. And the key thing is if you do have questions or you have feedback on our documentation, I tend to go in and I reply to the best of my knowledge, but I'll loop in who I know is responsible for that in the engineering teams in Redmond or in the documentation team. So, you know, that's definitely the best place to give your feedback and go through. So with that, I've got a great uh, pod show today with Shucks. Um, second time he's been on the show, talking about Visual Studio and the updates that have come around with TechEd, but also uh, I think with around the Connect event that was from Visual Studio. Again, all the links from the show are in the show notes. Um, I'd highly recommend you checking out some of those Connect keynote videos to see what's happening in the Visual Studio world. Enjoy the show, and we'll see you next week. Okay, so I'm here with Shucks in uh, Building 1 today. We're uh, just having a bit of a laugh about some of the, the buzzword bingo that he's been um, getting away with in meetings recently. There's a bit of a running joke since I joined in March, uh, some of the buzzwords that it seems that Microsoft people pick up and then can't go a meeting without mentioning. So what was the one that you brought up? Um, today in the meeting, actually? It's the North Star. And, it's, and yeah, and what does North Star actually mean? Well,
1: Jeremy, engineering teams often work with um, where we want to be and what scenarios we want to really, you know, looking at how we want to be in the next six months or next 12 months. Yeah. And we kind of break down into a work-back schedule of how we arrive to that stage. And that's where we call the North Star. For some folks like Chris Johnson, where we are actually having this podcast recorded at in his office, he thinks that um, sometimes these buzzwords may kill us because we <laughs> never do the things that we are supposed to do in the next six months. But I think this is new Microsoft; things are changing. You have seen us do a lot of things in the APIs. Yeah. Yep. So. So yeah. yeah. So I
0: guess the north star from six months ago, you hit pretty pretty solidly for TechEd Europe, which was great. Um, so this podcast, we wanted to talk about um, what Visual Studio has shipped or the Visual Studio team in general has shipped around Office 365 Dev. We've had you on the show talking a, bit, a little bit about this before, but we wanted to kind of do an update because um, people who hadn't explored it in preview or maybe they did explore it in preview and want to know how to transition, we thought this show would be useful to them. So um, I guess to start with, what did we ship? Um, What North Star did we ship (laughs) at TechEd Europe around uh, the Visual Studio tooling for Office 365?
1: So I think um, one of the things we have to um, understand before we talk about tools is the service in Office 365, the mail, calendar, contacts, they're all in GA, meaning that you can now build apps and public and publish to your production um, sites, or publish to Windows Store, or publish to Windows Phone Store, or even iOS and Android Store. So that's one thing that has changed um, since the preview to what we announced in TechEd. So to complement that change, we also released the RTM version of the tools, and the client libraries that help you to talk to these APIs and get data from Office, Uh, they are also RTM'd um, with the TechEd Europe update. So, everything, whatever we had preview tags, everything is now RTM. So, you guys can actually build apps and publish to respective stores or publish internally to your Azure websites and other places.
0: Sure. And then, so, uh, the best place to kind of jump into this is if you go to dev.office.com slash getting-started. Um, there's two tabs, either connect to the APIs or extend office. And in the connect to the APIs, um, There's a few different ways you can integrate with the Office 365 API. So what's actually available for a developer inside uh, Visual Studio from that scenario?
1: So Visual Studio is a great tool whether you're building a desktop application or a Windows Store application or even cross-platform apps like Xamarin um, or using the new Cordova tools for Visual Studio. So one thing we enabled with the tools and the libraries is to make sure they work with all the options available for developers to build apps within Visual Studio. Like if you're building a um, Windows Forms app, and you want to now have office data in windows forms app you can use the apis and the client libraries um, and the tooling to help you configure apis and then write code say to send email or to say figure out who the manager is for the logged in user Um, if you're building a xamarin app um, so you have um, kind of building ios android and windows apps you can use xamarin and then the same net code what we have works across all of the projects If you're building Cordova apps, we have a specific Cordova library for APIs that gets added when you configure the Office 365 APIs for Cordova. And using that, you can talk to these services and write code that then generates packages for iOS, Android, and Windows.
0: Right, and so
1: um, between the preview and the
0: RTM, we, we had a little bit of flexibility there from an engineering perspective on what we could do. Um, you know, the preview started in March of this year when we announced it at the SharePoint conference. And, you know, we always targeted to ship this in TechEd Europe, um, the, you know, at the end of October. So we took a lot of feedback through user voice and through Yammer and Stack and various other customers that we're working with more directly. And so things did change. So how did that impact... Uh, If I was using the preview tooling inside Visual Studio, how would that impact my projects that I have right now, moving and updating to Visual Studio? And as well as how did it impact it, what's any remediation that could be done to kind of get around that?
1: So um, I think one of the biggest feedback we have had working with um, ISV, some of the customers with Microsoft, um, and some of the customers that we see who are already using Azure as their main platform is the identity management um, that is used to go sign in or you know get the logged in user and then go get um, contacts or send mail. And basically, in the preview version, we had um, to implement our own office's own auth library in the SDK. So, for example... Uh, There was a discovery context class that folks used to create uh, the context that authenticated the user and then use the respective exchange client or SharePoint client to go get data. So one thing we changed um, is to really um, be generic about the auth and let the developer choose what auth flow um, or what auth library the developer wants to use and then um, use that auth library, let them use the auth, auth library, get the access token, and then give it back to the clients. It's very technical, but generally what we're saying is, whatever you're using that as an auth mechanism today, so for example, if you're an ISV already having connected to Google um, or any other um, cloud service which uses OAuth, it's pretty much the same flow. So you could use the same flow to connect to Azure AD and then get the tokens back and then use it in the uh, respective clients. Right. So you're not bound to using or, you know, you're not now confused to, okay, how does the art story work? Do I have freedom to know where to go and how to make this work in my environment, in my identity management solution? You can. Right. Um, and the and the perfect example is uh, web projects, right? So they have a lot of stuff to be uh, dealing with art other than building device applications. So one of the things we did is to make sure our... Um, library layer is independent of that auth, so you can do whatever you want to do. For example, in a web application, let's say let's take an example for say Contoso Services. Um, they would essentially would want users to register, pay for their service, and then get all of the data that they want to give you. So basically any any site that wants to have um, users sign up for or, you know, pay for the service, you would go into your typical flow and then come back to and say, okay, now you're a registered user, sign in with your credentials or sign in with Office 365 because I know you already paid for my service. Right. Those kind of scenarios opens up a lot now because we just made the auth to be independent and to be, you know, to, for you as a developer to go use whatever you want to use. And one of the things we have from Microsoft where you can leverage some of the SDKs and libraries we have for auth is the ADAL, which is called Azure Active Authentication Library. And for web framework, we have the um, OVEN and Katana framework, which is basically how ASP.NET today deals with um, single sign-on and other authentication. Um, so, if you want to go authenticate to Google, you can use the owin and Katana layer to go authenticate with Google or Facebook. Now, you can do that for Office 365
0: too. Right. So, we kind of decoupled. We decoupled the auth from having it kind of tightly coupled into those Exchange clients and SharePoint clients, which I think is a good move, especially for existing web developers that maybe you're already familiar with Owen and Katana, or and and then want to use. Uh, like an existing MVC app that's already configured for that and bold on the 365 APIs. I think the big learning point I had from this was I wasn't really aware of Owen and Quatana. I've lived in the SharePoint world for too long as a web developer there. And so I think um, for the SharePoint devs out there and the Office devs out there, you really need to get on top of Active Directory, Auth, um, what the Owen and Cortana frameworks mean and how you can leverage those in ASP.NET. And there's some great training available on the Azure Active Directory homepages. Um, you'll see a lot of Vittorio, who I met for the first time at You're a really cool guy, super smart. Um, sometimes you feel like totally inferior when you ask him a question. He's like, well, that's just easy. Um, but he's, he's done a great job with Channel 9 videos of kind of educating on those things. So if you're not aware of those things, it's not just a 365 thing any service you want to connect to from a web, web platform that you're building is going to need that. So it's really important that you learn that. And if it's Office 365 APIs that triggers that learning, great. But um, it probably, for a lot of existing web devs, they already know that. So again, it's a little bit of kind of catch up if you, if you need to like learn that space yeah. a bit more.
1: And I think another important thing to understand here is that um, we are now coming down to one single identity management solution which is really hard for you know, applications to um, have uh, identity management, deal with identity management because of various um, security features, various things that you need to go and enable in auth. So now you don't have to do anything specific for Office with these uh, Office 365 APIs and authenticating to Azure AD. Whatever mechanism you use today to authenticate to Azure AD for your Office 365 users, the same thing works for these apps. So that brings down to a really uh, simple management solution when it comes to identity management. Of course, um, I agree that there is a big learning curve for office developers, especially uh, for folks who are doing app for SharePoint or, you know, other uh, solutions that integrate into SharePoint where the auth is handled by itself, um, sorry, handled by the app. Um and I think that is where um we are seeking to get more feedback on hey, now you guys are on board to use this auth and now that we are circling with Azure A D and you know with the same identity management solution, what is hard for your folks? You know, if if there is no documentation, you know, let's work on documentation. If there are no samples, let's work on samples. And if you have any specific feedback, you know, we are listening. Um, you know where to catch me, my blog, my Twitter account. Um, and you know there's a lot of things that we want to do here. We want to simplify for the users, but we need to understand how and where. And I yeah. think that's the journey that we are in together uh, for those APIs.
0: Yeah, and I think part of it was, is in the preview tooling, the ad-connected service experience across ASP.NET, MVC, Web Forms, Windows Universal, um, Xamarin, and Cordova were all very similar. You kind of right clicks on the project, add connected service. You signed in, you ticked which services you wanted access to, and clicked OK. And we added some sample code and we plumbed in all the authentication in authenticator class, uh, which it all worked. But I guess with the decoupling of the auth in the web projects, um, that now means that there's a little bit of manual rolling to. To do that authentication side, but if you're using Cordova and Xamarin and Windows Universal, that's still the same experience, right? The auth just handles that normally. Um, so, what are we? How are we helping people with the fact that, for now, there is a few hand rolling, and um, what does that mean uh, for a developer that's maybe used the preview tooling and how they switch over?
1: So, there are actually two things from what you said. One is the sample code that we added for preview which no longer we add for the RTM tools, and the next one is the auth. So let me deal with the sample code first. So one of the things we uh, found out was um, during the feedback is basically the sample code is not enough what we added in the project, right? And for example, um, get contacts, that's it. Um, how do we do paging? How do I get a specific contact? Or how do I uh, you know, do a server-side query and for this particular thing that I'm interested in rather than just what we add in the sample code? So there are a lot of scenarios that developers want to uh, go and do in their app. And for us to deliver it as a file that gets added to your project, sometimes it gets missed by uh, folks because they really don't know what file and where it is added. So what we did was we... Um, went into a journey to improving a lot of stuff um, in the documentation portal in dev.office.com and understand how in Visual Studio we can help developers to go to that right documentation when you add connected service. So one of the things we did, we open a document now, uh, a doc content, um, especially uh, when you add connected service, which is called integrating your project with Office 365 APIs, that goes through the different steps of what you need to do next. Um, We are working on improving that article on having some code snippets so you can copy and paste and redirect to the right auth sample so you can actually integrate the auth. And the page has links for other uh, scenarios, like if you want to go find out Uh, how do I perform some common operations with mail or with contacts, we have links that takes you to those pages, and we have C Sharp and JavaScript code that actually shows you how to do those tasks for every service. Or, if you want to, you know, go try out something, we have the links to the API sandbox, um, where you can actually go and try out some code, write your own code against the data that we have, and execute to see whether you get the data from Exchange or SharePoint. So
0: that just means there's there's cleaner projects, essentially, right? Like, you not adding a bunch of sample stuff that typically when I do file new I delete all that stuff straight away so we've just made the decision to take that out and move that to the documentation page.
1: Yep, and make sure the documentation is up to date so that it helps you guys to go build these apps. And we have the flexibility to send an update to, and update the documentation portals like every day, for example, if you do want to, right? So we get that flexibility. But if we send it in a source code uh, or a C-sharp file, it really pushes us to release a new update to the tools in order to change those things. So that's why we moved to the doc space. Um, now, for the auth, uh, the authentication piece, um, yes, the authentication today is different to different project types depending on what you're building, um, because the way how ADAL, which is Azure Active Directory Authentication Library, works, um, is very different to different projects. For example, one of the key things that you need to handle in a web project is the token cache. So, token cache is something where um, ADAL helps you to cache the tokens you get back from Office our Azure and then um, helps you to put that token cache into the data source that you wish to have. So you could have a database or if you see our samples that we have published in GitHub, it uses just a memory uh, cache just for the sample. Um, or you could go put in your MySQL database, too. So you're, you're, you're most, uh, you have the freedom to go do where you want to do okay. the token cache. So it helps to kind of not go to the service every time it requests for a token. It will see whether there's already a token and it's not expired, so I'm going to just get it from the token cache. For Windows Store, it's already implemented. ADAL has a token cache that implements by default. You don't have to implement one. So there are some things like this today with ADAL that a developer has to know and understand what he needs to do. Um, And this is using 2.x versions, right? I think 2.11 is the current version of ADAL. And that team understands that it is really a problem and very confusing for developers, and they are moving to uh, the ADAL version 3.0, which is in preview, which is actually a portable class library. What does portable class library mean? Well, if you're using a .NET projects. The same assembly works across all the projects, and basically you would get an opportunity to simplify and streamline your code that you write across these different projects. Of course, the token cache would still be there that you have to handle it, but at least the code you write, say, for example, to uh, create the context and what you pass and what you acquire token and all those things would be streamlined, um, even for Xamarin and other .NET projects. Yep. Uh, today, there's a learning curve, and we are... We are Uh, Pushing some samples in GitHub. So if you go to github.com slash office dev, there is a sample on all the platforms that we support. Um, Especially we have uh, something called starter projects that show how to interact with the services with all the functions. Um, Basically the CRUD operations for Windows Store and ASP.NET projects. Um, So we are pushing more starter projects. So when you download, you can just... F five, do some you know, do some configurations, F five, and test what you want to test.
0: Yeah, and so um, what we're finding and the feedback we've had from the GitHub repos is that sometimes it's hard to see what's doing what because the ordering on GitHub is based on the most you know, whatever's been had to commit or push first. So on dev.office.com, if you go to the resources sections to code samples, so dev.office.com slash code dash samples, we have these filters on the left hand side. And if you go over to the top filter, which is Types, and select Office 365 API and click Apply, um, you'll see there that we've got you know, 12, 14 various different samples. There are some of Windows Store apps, um, and one is that we actually shipped on the 17th of November, which is the Android app started project, and also the ASP.NET started project as well. Um, we have some additional samples where we've shown it keynotes and tech ed conferences that um we're in the process right now by the time this podcast ship they'll be done updated to the rcm tooling so it's exciting to kind of see this many samples out there in the wild already um we'll continue to ship more as we go forward um around around that tooling we seem to be getting a lot of interest in the xamarin project type out of out of all of them right now from a mobile device kind of multi-device targeting approach but um yeah, definitely go and start with the, the starter projects there and take a look at the, um, the multi tenant web application that Shax has put together as a nice base, simple project that you can kind of grab and build your project around. Um, what what was the purpose of doing that multi tenant web application as that code sample? Was that just to kind of give you a, a simple kind of way of just going straight into Ag Connected Service and be up and going with all the auth configured in that project?
1: Yep. That that was a goal for me is, you know, there is currently no tooling option in Visual Studio to configure a project or configure auth in the project the way you want to. So the multi-tenant MVC sample basically gives you a bare bone minimal project with the basic auth setup, especially with what Office wants or how we want to work with Office 365 APIs. And so you can download or clone that project and then follow the steps on how you add connected service and how you can write now your own code to expand that sample from being a bare-bone sample to whatever um, sample you want to build. Um, The Thing to understand, it's a multi-tenant sample. Now, some folks have had some questions in Twitter and my blog comments, like, "Hey, what's the difference between single-tenant and multi-tenant?" Especially when it comes as multi-tenant apps, which yeah. is very different, right? So, single-tenant means that you, as an organization, say Contoso, is building an app. Uh, single-tenant apps mean that they're only available to Contoso organization. The moment you want scenarios where, hey, this is you know, I as Contoso building this app should be available to, say, every other company or every other tenant, Office 365 tenant, then that means it's a multi-tenant sample, a multi-tenant app. So I could build a, a, Contoso could build an app, publish it to Azure, and let Microsoft sign in. Because Microsoft is Office 365, I will go and I will enter my Microsoft credentials, and that will say, oh yeah, it's multi-tenant, I can allow you to sign in and register the app in Microsoft. So the admin, can go and look into the portal and see that this app from Contoso has been registered for Microsoft domain. Yep, that so that's the multi-tenant scenario.
0: And so you say right now with the tooling, it's best to start with that base project and add to it. Um, is there a tooling update coming like that will allow that to be like, I want to light this one up for or single tenant or AD multi-tenant. And then also, if I had an existing project, what would be your guidance if I had an existing aspect MVC project that wasn't lit up with ADOL right now, what would be your guidance? It's, again, two questions in one, but I'm sure you can work it out.
1: (laughs) So uh, new projects, folks were starting to build new stuff, um, especially for web publications. Um, My recommendation would be is to, especially if you're new in the auth space, uh, recommendation would be is to go download these GitHub projects, um, get a feel of what authentication is, if you go to ASP.NET um, website, you will see a lot of uh, samples and walkthroughs detailing how to work with Owin and Katana. So that will also help you understand uh, the whole framework that is there for you to go help with this auth story that you're building. For folks who are integrating with existing projects, um, I think still downloading the projects and understanding what we're doing is really Uh, a key thing to look at, you know, whether this is something they already have in their existing projects, especially if you have an auth flow, or is it something different? For example, um, there are folks who don't use Ovin and Katana and just go direct raw OAuth controllers where you, you know, create the URL for consent and grant and get everything from Azure AD and use a controller in MVC projects to process that. So that's totally valid you can go and do it. So for those folks maybe the GitHub project will not be um you know will not be needed and they can just go do the same thing except they need to know what is the uh you know token endpoint or you know access token URL which they can get it from the portal Azure AD portal. Um so it's really depends on what your auth story is. Yeah. Um, but if you're a new user going and you know if you want to build a new web app, you can start with the Owen and Katana GitHub project sample that we have. Yeah. yeah. Um, what was the next question? So that was the one about. So the one about the auth, and
0: then um, and then the second one was uh, what features are happening right. around
1: that. Yep. So yeah, for Visual Studio 2013, we actually don't have a really really good story around uh, configuring this auth. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things we're doing for Dev 14. So if you sorry, what is that's a code name, you know. 2015 preview. 2015 preview. Come on, man. Get in the yeah, language. exactly. <laughs> um, so Visual Studio 2015 preview. If you download today, uh, and if you go to a web project, it has an option. Right-click the web project. It has an option to say add single sign-on. Ah
0: right, okay.
1: So that gives an opportunity for you to kind of um, just integrate the OWEN and Katana framework um, into your web project. So what it does is it enables uh, the web project to be configured for Azure AD single sign-on. Yeah. Now, what it doesn't do is it doesn't go beyond that to say this is how you use and acquire tokens, because that's beyond single sign-on. Right. So that piece of code, if you actually uh, look at the GitHub sample, um, the best thing is if you're listening to this podcast and want to really know where to go look at it, if you look at the app underscore start folder, inside that folder we have a file called startup.auth.cs. Yep. So that file handles, hey, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to sign in, I'm going to use OpenID Connect for sign-in, and look, I'm going to receive an authorization code back from Azure AD. What do I do next? So that piece is really something that the developer has to write it, um, even if he's using Dev 14 preview. But the initial wiring up of the web application with the Oven and Katana framework um, will be done using the new wizard that we have in VS. Right. Now, here, the, the, the thing is not really about why can't we do it, is really about and really to understand. You know, we need a way to understand what auth mechanism the developer wants to use, and how does he use it. So, for example, you could do single sign-on and go use OAuth controller to go get tokens, right? Because that's how your app you would want to build it. But then we need to understand that, and we need to get. You know, one of the things we're finding is where do developers need help. So then we can come back with the feedback and try to optimize the tools to build something that will simplify this whole art story in the tooling right okay and then so to find out more about visual studio
0: 2015 preview, preview if you uh, have been living under the rock that you may not have heard that there was a big event where uh, the communities of Dishim was released the um the open sourcing of .NET was released. There was a bunch of announcements around an Android emulator. Um, but it's all available on Channel 9. So, again, the links will be in the show notes to this. I've been going from watching all these videos. There's a bunch uh, in here around, like, all the announcements. And it's pretty incredible the rate that um, we're re- releasing things for Visual Studio and Azure here. And there's some great ones by Scott Hanselman and Brian Harry around kind of the ALM aspect and, um, you know, the software engineering practices. Um, so please go and check that out. It's worth having a look at what features are coming from that dev environment perspective. And you can actually go and download that preview right now, as Shucks mentioned, from that link. Um, and again, you can t- start test driving some of these features they show in the keynote, including that ad-connected service um, and the additions there on that stuff. And so now Shucks is waving at me with his hand as I'm scrolling down the blog article. But there's a little bit there on, uh, where are we looking? Okay. And um, okay, nice. so sh- uh,
1: I was hoping to see that screenshot.
0: Um. Yeah, so I can see here the ad connected service, you can see the Office 365 APIs, yeah. but there's the Azure Storage and the Azure Mobile so Services here event. as well.
1: Connected service dialogue. Right. So one of the things we announced, as you can see, you also have Salesforce up there. So the connected service dialogue is becoming much more reachable for developers, so they can go extend and write their own... Um, you know, wizards in the connected service dialogue, just like how we did for Office 365 API tools. Um, You could go right for something for, say, um, Contoso management service or anything that you wish that you want to go attract all the developers to use your service. So the UX uh, will be much nicer and modern in the Dev 14, sorry, again, marketing term, (laughs) Visual Studio 2015 preview. Uh, connected servers than what you see in the Visual Studio 2013. Yeah. Um, so that's one of the changes we did.
0: Cool. And then in addition to the videos on Connect, obviously another bit of a pet project that I run is the dev.office.com slash training. We now have a 25 hours of training on there and we do have a bunch on the APIs, both from a, a Visual Studio perspective, the raw REST API stuff that I did with Rob Howard from Engineering who spends you know a good part of time in Fiddler explaining what's actually going on when you do that Azure AD hop and when you do the Discovery Service hop and then calling things like the Files API and the Calendar API. Um, But then we also have modules on Cordova and Xamarin and Universal Windows applications and um, iOS and Android on there as well for native development. I think one of the keys here is is that we do have hands-on labs that complement these things. So you can watch the videos, but then you can go away and follow the hands-on labs and have a look at the samples and see what's really going on. I think fundamentally, moving forward, as we introduce like... Um, the OneNote API to support um, the Office 365 APIs and the Yammer API to support the uh, the Office 365 APIs and the Office Graph API. Like essentially, you auth once and you can call all of those services from your application. I think this is really the power of where we're getting to with a platform. Is that you know it's one one auth flow. All the endpoints are in one place. And they all respond and act and return JSON in a a similar way. So as a developer, the learning curve is way less than what it used to be when you you used to be learning the Yammer API independently, and the Exchange API independently, and the SharePoint API independently, and the OneNote API. So, there's been a lot of work in engineering to make sure that this is as easy as possible to consume. So, um, it's definitely, you know, encourage you guys to jump on this and take a look at the new shipped RTM tools um, and make sure you give the feedback in user voice and in the the Yammer network. And I definitely recommend, if you aren't following Shucks's blog, that you get on board and, and follow him. He's blogging at a pace where as he's learning things and getting feedback he just kind of ships things in his own time outside of his work time so i appreciate you doing that because it's it does add an an additional value so what's the best ways to reach you mate
1: well you can reach me uh chakradeep.com if you can't spell that name you can just search probably as chucks and office 365 or sharepoint you'll reach me in the blog um or twitter um chakradeep is my id twitter Um, yeah, just Jeremy just did a search in Bing, um, for Chucks and there it is. You have all the details about.
0: um, I'm just going to try the same search in Google.com just to see how we're going here. So if I do C H A K S, um, and you, wow, blimey, I'm impressed. Your blog's number one on that as well. Yeah, that's going to my, uh,
1: MSTM blog, but still. That's
0: still, yeah, that's still pretty impressive. You um, you own the social market for the, your keyword. Exactly. You should buy, I'm a little bit afraid to type in shacks.com, but let's see what we get. No. No, nothing? Nope. somebody. Someone's did. just camping. Exactly. I wonder how much that would cost for you to take that back.
1: Shacks is a very common word, but Chakradeep is a very unique name. So <laughs> I own that domain. So that's good.
0: <laughs> cool well um, I appreciate you coming on the show again and um sharing all your information of, of what's going on around visual studio and um we'll definitely get you back on the show as we introduce more things with um visual studio twenty fifteen moving forward and obviously all the announcements we'll make hopefully um at build and, um at the ignite conference in uh April or may
1: yeah, um, we're looking forward to all the updates and everything coming like the the ignite and the build and everything. Um, keep giving us feedback uh, don't stop giving us feedback we are listening um, whether you comment in my blog or go do uh, add a suggestion to user voice or pinging jeremy uh, please do it whichever easiest way is possible for you guys to reach us um, we really appreciate the feedback we're getting so far
0: cool thanks very much mate and um, i hope you enjoyed the show we've got some great shows lined up in the next few weeks um Going to get back to my weekly rhythm after being burned out a bit after TechEd and needing a break. But a um, I, I, few people on Twitter were calling me out going, what happened? Why, is the show going away? I was like, no, 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 I just needed a breather to get through my emails after being offline for a week in Barcelona and um, trying to triage all my emails and getting back up, up to speed now I'm back in the office. So I um, appreciate the uh, concern, but don't worry, the, the show is going to keep going on as... Uh, as we push forward on, on the weekly cadence. So uh, thanks again, and, and see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Make sure you check out dev.office.com for all of your Office 365 developer needs. All the links from the show are in the blog post on blogsofficecom whackdev where you can find the latest news about Office 365. If you have any ideas for new shows or questions for us, please join us in our Yammer group, and the Office 365 Technical Network. Have a great week, guys, and keep coding on Office 365.